Mando Fandos, welcome back to the Mando Fan Show. Uh, this is episode six that we're calling Betraying the Betrayer, and we'll get to why in a second. Um, this is going to be all about chapter six of The Mandalorian called The Prisoner. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm John. How are you? James, as always. Not as always, but most of the time joining me. And uh, we have a special guest joining us. Um, a big Star Wars fan from the band Bayside, Nick Ganbarian. Nick, how are you? Wonderful. Got a real luck of the draw today. We're actually playing about four miles from my house, so I'm able to to uh, do this this whole uh, show just from my couch, which is great. Right on. Awesome. It's so killer. I'm so glad yeah. that that all worked out, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. And it's funny, a lot of people already, when we announced that you were coming on, uh, said, no way, love Bayside. <laughs> like, so they're getting That's to great. blend their love for... Uh, Rock and uh, Star Wars, which is always a yeah. good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I love um, that. And speaking of which, uh, before we get going, what are your thoughts on uh, Ludwig's music for this show? Are you digging it or what? Yeah, I do. It's, it's I think, an overall thing, which maybe we'll get into later. I think that there are, the whole show is, like, pushing things uh, in different directions, whether it's script-wise or video or music, just to, I think, ease all of us into accepting some new stuff and i think that includes the music for sure i think that's a good point that's pretty yeah. fair james you've been kind of you started off cold with it right yeah i wasn't like a huge fan and it's starting i i think with anything the more you kind of listen to something you know more you're invested you start to kind of learn it and feel good about when that you know tune kicks in or whatever um, yeah. I will say this week's episode particular, they kind of like urbaned it up a little bit. Yeah. There was like the same beats with like this kind of undergroundy gang kind of uh, beat to it. So I was mm -hmm. like, so they're kind of even switching that up a little bit just for this episode. Even yeah. the title, the title screen mm -hmm. had a little bit, like you say, a little bit of a um, beat on it, um, which I found interesting. But um, all right, guys, so what we do here is rate the episode, and because we probably won't see his face, so we use the Pedro Pascal face <laughs> scale to rate the each episode. Zero to ten, halves are allowed, so you can do half of Pedro's cool. face. Um, all right, so I will start. I bounced back up this week. I thought this was the best episode since The Sin, uh, Deborah Chow's uh, chapter, chapter three, so I gave this one a solid eight. Um, Nick, what did you give this one on the Pedro Pascal face scale? I went 7.5 and I, this is my first time doing this, so I don't have really a reference. This was a very base, uh, reference, but I, I was happy with it. It seemed, okay. uh, my household, me and my girlfriend are, are really, we've been getting into Star Trek lately and, uh, this seemed very, mean? we've been getting into Star Trek. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she wants to even, even the scales in the house. It's very, it's tipped gotcha. Star Wars. So she's like, oh yeah, but what about Star Trek? So, um, okay. so this seemed very like, uh, you know, uh, unserialized one hour story, which Star sure. Trek is, is, does that a lot. So, um, nice. yeah, I was cool with it. Um, now, out of the six chapters, does this one rank uh, as one of your favorites or not so much? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt like it started strong, even though I felt like the first episode did seem like a pilot to me. Uh, I still enjoyed it. And obviously the big reveal at the end really brought it together. And then it seemed like it was going to be way more serialized than I thought it was going to be. Right. And now it's veered off for like three episodes, I feel. So, mm -hmm. uh, sure. so We'll see. No, I did. I did enjoy it, though. It's cool. All right. Uh, James, what did you give this one? Surprisingly, I don't know if it's surprising or not. This is my highest rated episode. Whoo. Okay. Yeah. This is uh, an eight for me. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, I love episode three. I think that's most people's highest rated episode, but I actually think I got more. This is what I want more out of the show. Whereas um, I think episode three was really good, but the reason it excels was the ending. And this was just mm -hmm. like the whole thing. I was just like, yes, yeah. and that's awesome. And that's awesome. <laughs> right. So yeah. I just, I had to give it higher than that one, which uh, had one really amazing scene. And this was to me just like all the way through. Okay. So cool. a solid eight for you, James. Interesting. All right. Solid eight. <laughs> that... That rounds us to a 7.8 between the three of us, which is pretty solid. 
Um, I was, I think, last week. Uh, which one was last week? Which episode was that? Uh, where they're on Tatooine. I don't remember what it was oh, called, yeah. but yeah. That was my lowest rated episode, so this was a bounce back for me. Yeah, um, I, I would for sure go that route also. that I feel like I've been talking to my friends about it. If that wasn't on Tatooine... That that like held the episode together for me. I mean, cool stuff happened, but and I'll I agree. Gonna, I'm gonna go on record and say that that Toro dude was like the worst acting I've ever seen in Star Wars. So <laughs> I, I I couldn't it, agree more. It took me yeah. out of it so hard. I just needed to get that off my chest. I compared <laughs> it to uh, Jeremy London and Mallrats, like just <laughs> just mailing it in completely. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. Now um, we. Went to our patrons on patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, and they had also had an opportunity to rate the episode, and we averaged all their scores together. And uh, James, they were really close to us. They gave us uh, an eight. So they're right on par with us. They dug this episode a lot. No one cheated this time. No 11s, Spinal Tap style, <laughs> no 12s or anything like that. Uh, we locked in at an eight there. And um, just remember, if you want to be featured on the show, tweet about The Mandalorian Chapter 7 uh, next Wednesday. Yes, it's going to be out on a Wednesday because of that movie called The Rise of Skywalker. Just screwing the whole schedule wrench up there. Uh, uh, and yeah. use <laughs> use hashtag MandoFando and we'll get you on the show just like uh, we did with this person here. Brandon Skywalker, guys. Brandon Skywalker 3 said, I loved that we were in space this whole episode and the job was fun and exciting and really felt like Star Wars. I hope to get back to the main story, though, in these last two episodes. So a little bit what you were saying there, Nick. Uh, there's only two left, and we're kind of wondering, like, what, what's the Baby Yoda thing? And so yeah. I feel like a lot of people are kind of maybe a little concerned. Like, are they going to round this thing out or not? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's. Uh, I'm sure they know what they're doing. As judging that by the first three episodes, and then they're letting us know here's what else to expect. I feel like right. this is a very like uh, almost like palate cleanser when it comes to Star Wars these days. It's like here's where we're going. We'll still think about you guys who want to appreciate the past, but right. here's where we're going. Also, as as far as uh, storytelling goes, yeah, without mm -hmm. a doubt. Um, James, uh, any concerns that they're going to be able to uh, give us some kind of formal season conclusion in the final two here? No, 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 no. Because I, I remember we got Dave Filoni producing this thing. So when you look at Rebels almost every single season, there's like those episodes that people are like, well, I don't really know what to call this. I don't know if it does or doesn't add up, which in my opinion, all the episodes add up there. They all go mm -hmm. towards something greater. Um, but uh, every episode, every season of Rebels yeah. hits it hard That's at fair. the end. That's so, fair. Um, the last episode or the last two episodes, I don't know how they'll do it in Mandalorian live action terms, but it was always those last two episodes of Rebels were like uh, a back to back kind of thing. And it sure. was always just killer. Yeah. That's fair. And Favreau doesn't mess around either. So, no. Um, okay. And if you are a patron of ours, you get the light speed to the front. And that's what Sith Meg did here. She said 7.5 for me. Some may call this a filler, which is a big taboo word now. You're not allowed to say the word filler. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm changing my, like she said, I'm changing my tune. I think the Mandalorian may not know what to do with baby Yoda and is just trying to survive by taking these jobs. He's just trying to survive as long as possible. And I think that adds a lot of weight to his decisions on saving the child. And she loved the heist job and learning a little bit of peppers about maybe the Mandalorian's past a little bit and what he was getting mm -hmm. into. Uh, Cause it sounds like he was a bit more violent back in the day than he is now. So something um, may have changed a bit for him, but yeah. all right guys, now to the part that you guys seem to love the most Easter eggs. Uh, so whether that's uh, an object or a reference or a callback to a quote, which the last episode was absolutely loaded with Tatooine, a New Hope-based fan service. Well, let's see what we got into on this episode. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. Any uh, mm -hmm. Easter eggs or references, callbacks uh, that you noticed? Um, I think my, my favorite one was uh, because I, at first I didn't catch why I thought it was cool. I was just like, oh, there's a, there's a mouse droid in, in this uh, transport. <laughs> but then I realized, I think it's the first time that you'd see a mouse droid not on the Empire side, right? I don't think that there's a, ever an instance where a mouse droid is on like a Republic a or, or whatever. So to me, that was one where like on second viewing, I was just like, oh wait, but this is a new Republic ship and I've never seen a mouse mm -hmm. droid there. So, 
So that was that was cool because it just registers as oh mouse droid cool whatever, and then you're like oh, right, it's, it's on the other side now. Right, and then it got blown to bits. Yeah, um, I didn't even I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call that it was only it was I, on the New Republic ship, especially because the New I Republic did, ship reminded me of an Imperial ship in a way. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So there's more to that too because um, I didn't actually think of that when it came to the mouse droid. But another Easter egg that I noticed is the Resistance New Republic, I should say, security droids. Yeah, and yeah. they uh, they operate with accessing files the same way that K2SO does. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. so I was like, okay, so the New Republic is pulling you know, uh, stock, I guess, from Imperial override. They're taking their ideas. Right. Um, they're still moving forward with some of the stuff. Like, I guess it's kind of like, Hey, you know, not all this stuff was bad. They were just using it for the wrong reasons, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We always look at it in, in the, the lens of that's the bad guy's stuff. And yeah. it's yeah. just, that's yeah. just stuff. It just happens to be the bad guys were using it. That's a good point. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so one Easter egg I have here, um, Canto Bytes, a reference to Canto Byte, a slot machine in Canto Byte. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting that they brought that in. That's a quick one, though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Nick, another one? Um, when they're walking through like the prison cells, you see an Ardenian. Yes. Which is yeah. very cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, Fav- Favreau's got to get that in there. <laughs> oh, he has to. Another yeah. one of his characters. Yep. Um. Yeah, I I love seeing that because they did they almost like revealed him like yeah, yeah, two totally. hands, <laughs> two more hands, right. and then you're like, oh, what is this? And he pops up, yeah. and you're like, yes, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. He didn't have pants it's to pull up of, this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of like a solo reference too, which is oh, cool totally. to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, too, there's a I, I didn't have time to look it up, but there's like a uh, another alien species in there that always reminds me of like a cyclops. I think that that species has shown up before, but I left my notes in the wrong spot and I had to like quickly try (laughs) Mm -hmm. to revamp my notes like uh, 20 minutes before we jumped on. So a little lost there, but you know who I'm talking about. And is that other guy an Imperial officer too? It looked there like was, it. It looked like they had the insignia. Yeah. On, I tried to pause it and I was like, I can't really tell. Yeah, yeah. But that kind of would be cool to show that they're like yeah. capturing, you know, these guys and they're still mm-hmm. like hanging around. Yeah. Um, which is maybe a hint towards um, what's what's his name, John? He's shown up in the apparently the last two episodes. Yeah. Oh, Giancarlo. Esposito. Oh, Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. Yeah. yeah. Moff Gideon. I think his name mm-hmm. is going to be. Yeah. 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 Um, I wish I still think is the person who rolled up on uh, Fennec Shan at the end of the last episode. Yeah, could be. Yeah, we didn't get that uh, payoff. This no, yeah. I no. thought they were going to pull a last Jedi and start us off right at. Did, that did moment, you guys the... get into the whole uh, the Spurs last week? I didn't. I only heard about half of your episode last week. So, not, did you talk about that? Not a lot. Um, okay. I, what, I what's your, what's your take? Well, my take is it's funny. It's like I've never noticed that ever. When anytime I watch Empire, yeah, yeah, when I watch Empire Strikes Back or anything like that, and we've we're on tour right now, and we've been watching just slowly and all the movies, and somehow we watched Empire after we watched last week's episode, and that scene, everyone was sleeping around me. I'm the only one still up watching Empire, and I hear <laughs> Spurs on Boba Fett, and I'm like. Wait a minute. And with the access right now, I pull my phone up, go right like to the end of the scene. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that was very interesting. So we'll was see. it like a There's, was it like one of those like like, oh, my God, I think I just figured it out. Yeah, type of moments? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And it seems like so <laughs> like the hardcore fans are going to know that that's completely flew over my head for I've been alive oh, 39 years. Like yeah. I, I've never even heard that. But it was so like in your face in the Mandalorian episode. And then because it was so quiet on the bus, I heard it and I was like, wait a second, is that the same? And it sounds like actually the same, like file, like the same audio from Boba Fett. (laughs) So so that's the other thing too, is there's actually a second little clue that it might be him. And that is, there's a radio antenna playing. It's like, and it's almost, I mean, again, it's gotta be the same exact file. Yeah. Uh, And the, when you hear that is in Boba Fett's like special edition 
uh, cameo, cameo in, yeah, yeah. in A New Hope. So yeah. it's like that's two yeah, yeah. things that are like hinting at yeah. this character. Being, you know what I mean? Yeah. So see? we will see, guys. We will see. Yeah. Maybe episode six will reveal that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, James, who am I up or are you up? Um, it's either one of us, but I, I, I'm just going to take it. I'm going to go for the big one, right? Do it. The X-Wing pilots. Yes. All right. And who were they? I say pilots. I say pilots because everybody saw Dave Filoni, right? Oh yeah. Which is, which is, it, it pull, totally pulls you out of the scene (laughs) and takes you out of the moment in the thing in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. I want to be ripped out of the the scene for something like that. I absolutely loved it. Um, something that maybe people didn't also pick up on the other X-Wing pilots are the other directors, Rick Famuyiwa and Deborah Chow. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and they all have their little, uh, fun names, which are Jib Dodger Trapper Wolf, which is, uh, Filoni of course. And then Sash, Sash Ketter, I guess. So, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah. But big, Big cameos there at the end. Kind of did not expect to see that flying around in, in X-Wings. Uh, you know, who expected to see X-Wing pilots? Yeah, like in the classic suits and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great. Killer. Um, I couldn't catch, and because I only watched it full and once, which X-Wings they were. Were they T-65s with the four engines or were they? T-65Bs, yes. Oh, okay. So they are ones that show up pretty regularly like, Rogue One, the original series. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's that uh, era. That was pretty cool. Um, and when, when I watched, it, I was like, "Wait a minute, is that Rick and is that Deborah?" Like, yeah. and then I waited for the credits, and I'm like, "Oh, it is. That's so yeah. cool." Mm-hmm. Um, which means every director has a role on the show so far that we know of, except mm-hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah, uh, even Favreau plays Amando, and uh, Taika plays IG Eleven. So, mm-hmm. um, process of el- elimination, unless I'm missing someone, but, um, all right. Uh, Gungan, they brought up a Gungan and even yeah. Bill Burr, Bill Burr did an impression of a Gungan and not, not <laughs> yeah. a Gungan with like a New York accent, like a Gungan <laughs> from, uh, Naboo or whatever, yeah. Gunga city. Uh, so I thought that was pretty good. And by the way, I'll get into it more later. Bill Burr was great, but, um, uh, Nick, do you have any others? Um, what else did I write down here? Uh, I, I kind of felt like zero was like a little four kind of design yeah. like uh, four yeah. it adjacent um and obviously berg was like uh Devaronian. they said deveronian so yeah uh, that was an old school reference i'm just going through my uh, notes here because it wasn't i didn't feel like it was too heavy on the the easter mm-hmm. egg thing so um yeah i mean i think that's kind of it the only i don't know it's easter egg for mandalorian episode too i think with the whistling birds it's more like bringing that back they all he misfired or he just missed yeah. this time yeah uh, i wrote that question, too i think that was episode three that was when he was yeah, grabbing yeah. the child and escaping so yeah. my my question with that is i remember the armorer saying that they were like rare so he used a bunch in episode three and then he just misfired or missed with a bunch of them so is he out how many does he have that, watch that him like go questions. to it go to it later and realize he's out yeah, when he yeah. needs him mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> um, like the old West gun just being out of bullets. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, James, any more? Um, yeah, a couple of uh, little ones. Um, so I, first and foremost, this is kind of another thing too, but like this episode really pushed the razor crest as a, as a, uh, classic star Wars ship, mm-hmm. like that hunk of junk. And then it's like, yeah, but this thing's got a history it's a great ship. You're underestimating its ability. Um, and when I initially kind of was getting that vibe, my first thoughts obviously go to the Millennium Falcon. Then I also kind of moved into the Ghost. And right about that time when I was thinking, oh, that's kind of also a reference to the Ghost, one of the characters says, the reason we're using this thing, it's a ghost. Yeah. yeah literally yeah. like says that word. Uh, so I was like, I feel like that's kind of a call out to um, – the type of ship that, you know, is very uh, uh, Star Warsy in that sure. sense. Um, mm-hmm. And they're trying to, like, bring the Razor Crest up. Like, I think also he references at one point, he's like, well, the Crest, and he just kind of just, like, the Falcon. Yeah. You know, it kind of had that vibe to it. And it's, like, as if people 
people know about mm-hmm. the, the crest. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's that ship. So I thought that was a really cool little uh, nod there. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Um, also, and I had to look this one up, but when I heard her say Alzac 3, I'm like, that has to be something that's been referenced before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was canon referenced in Last Shot. Uh, mm. Han and Lando talking about uh, someone was the fastest on Alzac 3, and they're like, well, that doesn't really say much. So, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is funny because, uh, you know, we'll get into it, I guess, in a bit during our discussion, but Mando uh, says that about being an Imperial sharpshooter and Bilber has quite the yeah. snapback on that. But um, yeah. all right, so that should be it for, I mean, we can go and say, oh, a Twi'lek and do that whole thing again, but we do that every episode. This Twi'leks are yeah. everywhere. Um, but uh, Darth Krieger here, uh, James, just like you said, at Darth Krieger, said another amazing episode, learned something about classic species, and I love the Dave Filoni cameo. So I think most people did dig that, even though it was like, there's Dave Filoni in an X-Wing uh, cocktail. Yeah. So, um, all right, guys, now before we move on to our discussion, you guys are waiting for the Mando Code this week. Uh, hopefully by now you're aware of it. It's a contest that we're doing where each week we're going to reveal a number for you guys, leading up to a total of six numbers that will help you find your way to win the bounty. And the bounty is a Boba Fett Black Series electronic helmet. Now, I hope you paid attention to the last three weeks and got your first numbers. Otherwise, go back and watch. Give us those clicks. Watch the videos. Get the numbers. Watch the video while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> leave a comment. You leave a comment. Subscribe. All that. Uh, but once all six numbers are out, uh, we will give you instructions on what you need to do with those so that you can enter to win. So your mission continues right now. This week's number is one. So jot it down. Tattoo it. Whatever you have to do. And we'll see you Wednesday with the next number. All right, guys, let's get into the discussion part of the show now. First, to warm things up, uh, favorite shot or moment of the episode, uh, if you have one. So, James, I'll start with you on this. Did you have a favorite single moment or shot uh, that stood out to you that you were like, yeah? Yeah, for me, hands down, 100%. Bill Burr walking towards the camera with the, the light flashing and the Mando is like sneaking uh, yeah. up. I, I, there was, there was, he was like walking away and they were doing the light. And I was like, I, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity to like have the light flick on once. And he's boom, he's right in his face <laughs> and they didn't do it. They did it in so much like of a, a better way, but it was like exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I just love the whole, like the twist where the whole thing just goes to like a horror movie and the Mandalorian is the alien, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's like hunting them all down. And, and, uh, it just reminded me so much of, uh, um, there's actually an episode of resistance. That's kind of like that. There's another episode of rebels with like the, um, fifth brother and, um, mm-hmm. uh, God, I'm losing it now. Seven second sister. I think, I th- yeah, I'm losing it. One of the sisters. One of those sisters. So uh, right. listen here, sister. Um, no, but that that absolutely was my favorite shot. I literally like was like, yes, that was this is awesome. Very Dark Knight Rises, uh, yeah, oh, Batman yeah. style. Um, Nick, did you have a favorite moment or shot or? Uh... Uh, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate visuals. So I just think the the whole because I want to put myself in those. Uh, in that hangar where there's just like whatever the force field is where like there you could just see mm-hmm. right into space. Yeah. You know, it's really the beginning and the end of the episode, but that always gets me. I know that there's, it looks like the, that's in the rise of Skywalker too. in that scene with oh, Kylo man. and Ray, like yes. I just wanted, I want to experience that, you know, right. and it seems like with the, the galaxy's edge, the rise of resistance, I feel like there's, a room or something like that that you'll actually be able to get that feeling oh, which is yeah, very yeah. exciting when you go in and the stormtroopers all yeah in front of yeah you. so yes. that's just such a cool i wish that that really existed where we could all just hang out in just, space and just see it <laughs> yeah just immerse yourself in yeah, yeah. you're in star wars i agree yep. um did you watch the like video of the ride yet the rise of um, the resistance i don't know if there's an official one or anything like that i've seen yeah. some people's like instagram videos and stuff like that yeah uh, I didn't really uh, stay away from it. Not that I thought I didn't care about spoilers for a ride. I don't care about right. that stuff, but I, I just haven't really. Uh, out here in California, it doesn't open for another couple of weeks, so I'll, right, I'll right. experience it when, yeah. I, when I get there. And this is a good opportunity to mention, too, Batu Crew. Right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah so we, this is like your whole deal on Instagram. Yeah, it's funny because I I have some friends who are you know on the level of Star Wars fan wise, but like I'm the only, I'm in a band. I don't have a day job really. So like I go to Disney by myself. I go to Galaxy's Edge by myself. So I was there one day with one of my friends, and I'm like, oh, finally I'm here with somebody, you know. And I'm like, I need a crew of people. And then I'm like in my head, like Batu crew that rhymes. Immediately went to Instagram and was like, if this isn't a handle, I'm like making it a thing. So like, I immediately signed up and just like. I've been like here and there learning like very basics of graphic design on my iPad and stuff like that and just started drawing up a little logo and stuff like that and it's fun. I mean, it's really like uh along with you guys and we both know Black Series Rebels and like just yep. all those people that like have like a positive community revolving around Star Wars. I was like, I think this could be something that like adds to it all, you know? And and it's something that like physically yes. people can go to, which I think yes. is, is, is cool. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's just an Instagram I started and I made a pin, I made a t-shirt. All right. I got to get on so there then. Batu <laughs> crew on Instagram. Cause I don't go on Instagram yeah, yeah. very often, but um, I'll check that out. And, and I haven't been to, you both have been to Galaxy's Edge. James went once. You've gone yeah. 500 times, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Um, I literally I, live four miles away, so I try to go once a week. <laughs> right. Like, you can feel its presence. That's how there close you I go. live. There you go. All right. <laughs> um, I, at the very latest, I'm going to go at Celebration next year. So at least I know I'm cool. going at least yep. in August. But And I heard they're going to be... They already, at least in Disney World, I don't know if they're all going to always match each other, but in Disney World, they're going to expand it they have more like land behind it that they're going to add to after like episode nine or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's the word here. Like acreage is a lot different here in California. It's hard to come by. So I think that they have it planned if it's going well, but I, I recently just went to the Orlando one for the first time and it's way busier than the one here. Oh so really? I don't know if they would. Ex- I'm. I would assume they would have to expand both if they're going to do one. They have to do the other one. Right. But just as yeah. far as like the overall like busyness of it, it seems way crazier in Orlando. Not that it's not huh. busy here, but it's a lot more comfortable here for sure. So gotcha. Um, huh. I just cool. hope. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's successful enough that they expand it. Nice. Yep. All right, guys. Make sure you check out Batu Crew on Instagram. Uh, get on it. All right. Uh, my favorite shot, um, I feel like it's a cop out because everyone loves him so much. But when a uh, little Yoda man thought he may have done something and he looked at his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud, man. It's so I was, funny. I was like, he's like so, he is so much smarter than we are taking on because he's like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. whoa, what I just did. And then uh, he, obviously Mando is what, what did it. But I, I laughed out loud. And, and I think sometimes people forget about the importance of the humor in Star Wars. And uh, that part just made me laugh a lot. So yeah. that was my favorite they're, shot, him looking down at the They're really pushing buttons, man. That is the third time that Baby Yoda has been in the scope of a oh, gun. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's like, jeez, man. Yeah. And I have to say... Uh, they have used that like beh- that secret blaster shot thing like four times, th- maybe yeah. three. I four if you count Toro and uh, his, when he killed uh, right Fennec. Fennec. Right. Uh, this episode, then Cara Dune did a behind the back blaster secret shot, and then the first episode, Mando killed uh, IG Eleven. IG Eleven fake blaster yeah. shot. That's like four out of. <laughs> <laughs> that's true six episodes that's true <laughs> I've mean, used that but... um all right well that let's use that as a good segue then uh because i'll start the the spoiler discussion off by saying that that i was for the first time nervous about uh baby yoda's fate because i did think they were going to leave without mando i thought mando was going to get trapped and then the, the next episode was going to be him getting like bailed out or taken out yeah. so i thought they were going to leave with him and i felt myself getting a little nervous at first for the first time because in the other ones I, like you were saying i thought it was going to be a fake out or you know a, a trick a shot or something like that so um how do you guys uh feel about uh baby yoda did you think mando was going to get out of there in that episode any concerns there nick i'll start with you and then we can just have an open chat about the episode I feel like he got out pretty quickly, so I didn't have time to, like, worry about him. Uh, I'm glad that uh, he wasn't, you know, there's been, like, times in the whole series where he's just, like, a fumbling mess getting beat up by 
Mudhorns yeah. or whatever. I'm glad that he was just a badass this whole episode. He he really just took care of business in every sense. I mean, I think maybe he might have got a knife in his shoulder um, from Chian uh, once, but yep. like that's that's about it. He kind of just destroyed all episode. So yeah, I wasn't really worried because I feel like it was probably under a minute before he got out. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Maybe I overstated my my concerns. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, what are your guys' overall thoughts on the episode, uh, James? Um, I know you gave it an eight. It's one of your higher-rated episodes. So uh, your overall take on this thing? Um, well, I mean, I said earlier that uh, I, I loved that there's like a, a horror element to it. I thought that that was done really well. Uh, I liked the return of actually, like in a way, I think there was a little bit of fear that the Mandalorian was just going to be like a blanket dude who kind of walks in and always owns the room and that's it and there's nothing more to the character mm-hmm. and the uh, episodes coming out after the first and you know one uh, just the first one really like even at, at level two you're like okay this guy you know has faults um but it was really cool in this particular episode to see the re- return of them saying like well there's uh there's supposedly the you know greatest warriors in the whole galaxy and stuff and like mm-hmm. him really getting to show that by being able to take out you know all the people that he needs to on this ship including mm-hmm. the security droids and how and they're showing exactly how he's doing it and he's very uh unique in his ways like i thought all that stuff was awesome it was really mm-hmm. like a return to form to like kind of i think what we maybe had in our heads of like what the show was going to be like if the if this character was Boba Fett, you kind of would expect him to walk in the room and just like own everybody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean that that the, I love that and just the the wider picture of like this is the underworld and it this is how it connects to the New Republic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny you call it like a horror movie because I did feel like alien aliens vibe uh you're in this like ship in the middle of nowhere prometheus style uh mixed with like batman like he was like striking fear into these people and 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 methodically taking them out but not killing them like it's almost like his code is like batman's code using gadgets too which is very batman right (laughs) right um i think that's why i liked it so much too is because uh, Nick, like you were saying before, he's been getting his ass kicked a lot in this series, yeah. and it, he's finally um, just sh- like Bill Burr. Like you know, when you get kind of you try to size yourself up against somebody, and you're like, I don't know about this guy. After he saw Amanda wreck house, he was just like gulped. He was like, All right, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, I loved it. He was able to finally establish himself and uh yeah. i i thought that was huge for me the whole him hating droids thing was like big in this one too like they they referenced yeah. it and clearly i'd like to think that he was taking like he was having fun killing all those droids <laughs> right yeah that's a good <laughs> he point was, he was he was like dismantling them basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so we we kind of touched on john you mentioned a little bit i just want to talk a little bit about the the, the crew too that was put together sure um because I think that uh, you know she was she was great. I love the way that she just came across like the. I wish I never met that girl. You know, mm-hmm. like we, it seems like they were in some sort of relationship, but like she has all of his secrets. Right, and it sucks. Yeah, and she like kind of says, "So why shouldn't I kill you right now?" And then they're working together. It's just I I could feel that tension. And then on top of that, you have this relationship with Bill Burr, who, uh, you know, it sucks that Lacey's not on the show. She's been going on and on and on about <laughs> Bill Burr. Then he shows right. up in the episode. She's not on the Mando fan show. <laughs> um, but I... Uh, She'll make up for it. She'll make up for it. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. I just... Uh, Nick, tell me if, if you're feeling the same way, but like, I really liked him. I was kind of afraid. You know, I kind of said some things like he looked like he was kind of just doing it. But mm-hmm. when he came, he brought it, you know, I yeah. felt very uh, intimidated by him. I was like, this guy sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's not doing anything terrible. Yeah. He's just kind of pushy, you know, and I just yeah. don't like him. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's exactly what he needed to be. Yeah. It's it's hard. I think Star Wars has that that almost like crux where like the original trilogy was unknown actors, you know, and then the, the prequels was 
you do everybody basically. And it could take you out of it a little bit, you know? So it, it, I seeing Samuel L. Jackson or seeing Natalie Portman, sometimes you could be like, I that's agree. Natalie Portman. That's not Padme, whatever. So like in this one, in Mandalorian, like I don't want to be taken out of, of things. I don't think Bill Burr did that to me more. So I don't even know who this Toro guy is. I'm going to talk about him all this whole podcast apparently, but he right. took me out of it so much that I couldn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. So there is that, I, I feel like star Wars, which is probably why they have John Boyega and Daisy Ridley as like the, you know, two of the main people. It's like they could have gotten bigger stars, I'm sure, but they wanted to have it and be on driver too you know? at the time. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was the one person that, you know, you kind of did know. So, um, but Bill Burr, yeah, I think he, you know, he played that role. It needed to be like a little bit of a jerky. Yeah. I felt bounty like, hunter dude. I felt a lot of similarities between him and Beckett, which you have a known person, <clears throat> like we know Woody Harrelson, but he fit mm-hmm. the role in a way uh, from totally. Solo, yep. Beckett. And yep. uh, I got those parallels there from him. And I, I do think B- Burr did a great job. Like he's, you know, I don't think he's going up to grab an Oscar anytime soon. But <laughs> like you said, like we'll 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 dog on Jake Cannavale until uh, the sun comes up in, <laughs> as Toro. And who's he's Bobby Cannavale's son. I, I don't know how much he's done. I don't know if there's nepotism involved to him getting these types of roles. But I agree, he did not do no. a good job as Toro. And yeah. having him sit in Han's seat, we went all through this last week. I was so <laughs> okay. I was so annoyed by all of that. It's um, funny because I don't. I think I have my you know my finger on the pulse of. Star Wars negativity to see what people are complaining about each day. And I actually didn't see that much about him. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you and me. People... That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Clancy Brown, who I, I'm not as familiar with as I guess I should be, uh, played Berg, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Deveronian. Um, he voiced Savage Opress in The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. Which, which I thought was pretty interesting. So I want to go back and, and check out his episodes. James, I'm sure. This Did is, you know that, James? Or n- No, I didn't. Okay. Th- that's a good one. That's a little, that's kind of Easter eggy. And that was the thing is, uh, we actually moved on from the Easter eggs before I got to mention one more. The uh, New Republic officer is played by Matt Lanter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is uh, obviously the voice of Anakin and Clone Wars and Rebels and uh, uh, Forces of Destiny. So I think he, cool. he does it there. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we we completely skipped over him. Spot. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, now they didn't kill him, right? Did I? I think he's dead. Oh yeah. I don't know. Did she get him like in the throat? Because you don't see blood in Star Wars, so you're never sure if people are dead. Yeah. I think that because she, I mean, she's throwing those things hard enough that like from a far distance, they're hitting Mando and like knocking him back mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. You got to think she's a killer, right? And in that moment, she's saying the best solution here is just kill that guy. I don't see yeah. how she like hits him with something that knocks him out. Right. <laughs> you know? And Mando's the only one who wants to keep him alive. Like everyone else would be, seems like yeah. totally okay That's with true. him dying. Speaking of which, yeah. I was Sorry, surprised. Dude. I was surprised to see, I thought he, he killed them to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And then he like he came off the ship and he's like, I did what I had to do, whatever. I was like, oh, he got his hands dirty. And then yeah. he, they showed them in the cell. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I I kind of like that, actually. That's the Batman approach. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. Taking it above, like, uh, it would be really easy for me to just kill you and walk away. But that's that's not my new life. Right. That's it was the three of them sitting in Arkham Asylum in the in a cell. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what about the droid? Uh, how does he? How, how did you guys uh, feel about Zero the 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 droid? Anything? Vanilla? To me, it was a little vanilla. But I know you brought up a, a four-alarm comparison physically. But what about his yeah. personality, yeah. Nick? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much there. The only thing I that I thought was interesting and worth like noting is that, and I don't know if I've heard it ever in uh, any of the animation. Definitely not in live action. But he referred to like non-droids as organics. I thought that was pretty cool. I hadn't heard a droid I don't like, think I reference yeah. a non-droid as an organic. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was about it. I mean, besides his kind of similar look to Forlom and then him referencing that. And mm-hmm. It was kind of just like a accessory, I feel like. Yeah. I, I think that... Um... I think that they did a good job with if when whenever they kind of highlight a droid in Star Wars, there's always this kind of dry humor 
that mm-hmm. goes with those types of characters. Definitely. Um, 3PO, R2-D2, K2SO. K2SO like for sure, yeah. And um, and this particular character also kind of had a little bit of that vibe, you know what I mean? He's like, interesting. Like, yeah. you know, the way he's like <laughs> reacting to things. There's the one thing in there and he's like, um, I'm better in every way and smarter. Yeah. Or something, yeah. You know? And it's like, yeah. I could, I get it. And, and they did a good job with that because if it's too far, it feels weird, you mm-hmm. know, then it's not star Warsy anymore. So I think they landed the ship on that character's personality for sure. Did they say who yeah. voiced it? Was there any, any like popular person hidden in there in a uncredited cameo floating around online or anything? My, I missed it. If it's, I, uh, I definitely looked it up and didn't recognize who it was. So oh, okay. if it was somebody okay. notable, they're not on my radar. So someone's not going to like comment and be like, you idiots. It was Bruce Willis. Bruce <laughs> no, Willis was yeah. the droid. Bruce Willis. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey, dude. That's why I can't believe it. Um, uh, so, and what about, um, what's his name? Um, uh, was his name? Mark Boone Jr. The guy from Sons of Anarchy. Was that his name? He played uh, mm, I don't the, know guy. the actor, yeah. Uh, but anyway, he so he I guess knew Mando, and he like kind of uh, alluded to the shady past of Mando. But what what did you guys did you guys dig that? Because he was basically the vehicle for this episode, mm-hmm. um, him being like the the boss of this level of the video game uh, sort of yeah. thing. What was your take on that guy? Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind him. I think he you know like you said I think it was he was like the uh, to use the word again, like almost like the accessory, the the vehicle to to move the whole sure. story ar- yeah. along, and a, a recognizable person for sure. But I, you right. know, not he didn't take me out as of the universe. He looked like he would he could belong. Yeah. So this is this is Ran, right? I think his name yeah. was. And I I think he he did all right. You know, I actually I wasn't on the show where you guys talked about. Um, the one lady who was like the mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not like the character. I it wasn't vibing that at all. This was kind of different. I was, I was like, okay, this guy feels star Warsy. And I, I like, um, the one thing about it that he kind of did well, I think was from the very beginning, I had this like trust meets distrust, you know, <laughs> or mistrust. I couldn't, figure out if he's supposed to be an old friend or someone who like, I don't know, is still holding a grudge <laughs> or has a bigger plan or yeah, only yeah. pulled him in to steal a ship or something. Yeah. And kind I think, like, uh, I think we're Lando, supposed right? to kind of, yeah, we're kind of, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. That is a good comparison. You, you don't know what you're getting with this person because the whole time you're sitting there thinking, like, I don't know. He seems friendly. He seems like an old friend. Obviously, mm-hmm. Han wouldn't have went here if it wasn't maybe risky, but also trustworthy enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I like, yeah. That's a good uh, comparison there. That mm-hmm. is a good comparison. The, I feel like the only people he can trust, like, when I met this guy, I was like, this is going to be, this is not good. This is not going to go <laughs> good. I just say, anytime you, like, anytime a character tells you, I don't trust anybody. And then it's yeah, like later yeah. on to be like, I told you, you shouldn't trust anybody. Solo reference. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like, all right, you're going to do something shisty. And then he like double crossed uh, Mando and, and Mando pulled the old Hucklebuck on him and left the tracker mm. there, which was uh, so cool. He One was, of the coolest moves in the whole show. Um, he was very accepting at the end of the episode that the crew didn't come back. Mando yeah. was just like, Dude, yeah. you're not supposed to ask questions, right? He was like, yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, like he just moved on from that. Yeah. That was very, yeah, yeah, very kind of gangster in a way. Yeah. Another thing that I didn't get a chance to look up, um, but there, when that alarm goes off or whatever, ticker, tracker, um, they mm-hmm. say you have 20 minutes. And I thought, you know what? I should look at the timestamps on the episode. I bet everything happens in 20 minutes. Hmm. You really? You think they were that literal? Um, well, I think they could have been that literal. That's you know cool I mean? if they like were. Maybe that's why, because there also is like, you'd have to factor in, well, he went into hyperspace <laughs> right. and moved the tracker. Maybe they had to find a different spot. Maybe it took longer. No, it's not the show 24. There's all these other factors. <laughs> but I thought from an outside world, outside perspective, I think it would be fun of the directors to say, at this point in the episode, we know we have 20 minutes left till the finale. What's What's a good number we could give them? An amount of time. And that's it's like, cool. Well, let's just do 20 minutes and they have 20 minutes until this thing blows up. And that's like a little like wink. Mm-hmm. Right. 
that's at a, the audience. I that's guess. interesting. Um, I definitely thought that was one of the coolest moments in the series so far, seeing that he left that with them. Um, now, did he hide that on Quinn? Is that what he did? I think Seems so. Like I think that, he yeah. hid it in like his back pocket or something. And and what's funny is in the credits because I I always watch the credits for the arcs. I think and the music's really cool there. It it looks like the three X wings blow that entire thing up. Like that thing in the in the art is like just <laughs> lit up. Whereas yeah. in the show, it looks like just in the bay they blow it up, kind of like Kylo Ren in the Last Jedi when he blows up Tally Lynter and all them. So I'm curious if he if they did light that whole thing up or or what. But what are you shaking your head about? Just the tally reference. Oh, yeah. Like tally in there. It's very he sensitive. throws tally linter under the bus all the time. Him, him and Lacey, Lacey more than me, but yeah. For sure. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so do you guys think that whole thing got uh, blown up? They didn't really show it exploding like a Death Star type of situation, but like did all those people yeah. die, I guess, is what we're, I'm wondering. I mean, they, they could have died based just based off of those blasts. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those... Uh, there it's might the, just be a standing order from Disney to just not let people die. New Republic not is necessary. New Republic is feeling a little ruthless. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. go in, kill it, destroy <laughs> it. I mean, as far as they know, that distress beacon is hit, and that's a last ditch effort. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? We've seen a lot of movies. I mean, look at look at Avengers. They were like, there's a nuke headed to the city, right? Yeah. It just at some point the powers that be go the best way to handle this situation right now, they hit the button. That's the button that says there's no getting out. Uh blow this thing up. So mm-hmm. Mando like Iron Man yeah. link there. <laughs> uh moves the target, I guess, you know, yeah. to another I got a better I got another idea. Don't mm-hmm. don't close the gate yet. And so he yeah. takes the thing, moves it over to the the bad guy ship and let somebody else kill him. You know, it's just, it's right. pretty cool. <laughs> I loved this episode. Yeah. I feel like there have been a bunch of movies and stuff where that happened. Doesn't, doesn't that happen in The Rock with like the nuclear things, like the tracker, and they, they have it aimed at that instead of the city, it gets turned around to Alcatraz. And like, I love that movie. So I don't know if you guys like The Rock or not, but did, did they or did they just like, shut them down so they like, oh maybe the yeah i just feel like that's a thing where like oh the tracker got placed here and now it's uh you know it hits the bad guy instead and that you know that's the comment guys let us know think, yeah let us know is that a trope or not or Did i just make that up that yeah. is the plot yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because they're gonna come up with some always where that happened where the bad guy shoots something and it turns out hitting him because they hit the thing on him and uh that sort of thing or like bugs bunny like when they would uh, go away from the bad guy, and all of a sudden he has the rocket or the dynamite trapped to themselves, and, and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I the more we talk about it, the more I really do like this episode, and I need to watch it a couple more times. Uh, it just has good a lot of action, a lot of fun, a lot of humor. Uh, it really did. Visuals feel, were good with the ship. Visuals like leaving and, and coming yeah. in. Yeah. Visuals were good. Um, now I, I'm curious, where do you guys think we're gonna go from here? Because I. I can't help but keep looking ahead because I know we're going to see Cara Dune more. Uh, I have this feeling that all the characters he met along the way, including for good or bad, are going to kind of round themselves out and have this big, uh, you know, showdown, uh, Old West showdown at high noon, like including Grief Karga. He's still mm-hmm. pissed off. Uh, Fennec Shan may not be dead. You know, where's Giancarlo Esposito's character, Moff Gideon, and then all the people he got to know, like will Nolte's character show up? So Nick... Do you think it's going to be like everyone he met along the way is kind of coming back in? Or do you think it's more, like you said, uh, less serialized? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a missed opportunity if they don't. Um, I just wonder how, because he's been on a bunch of planets or systems at this point, like how do those people who were on, you know, the first planet like would Kowal wind up somewhere else or, you know, like how, mm-hmm. how would they, they travel and for what reason? Um, but that also leads me to, is Mando being tracked by the guild or is it still baby, the, the child? I, I've been confused with that since the end of episode three, where the guild started to look where they trade, where they trade tracking the child or Mando at this point. So are people looking for Mando at this point? Like, is he a target from the guild? 
I definitely think he's a target. I, uh-huh. But I think that if they're tracking someone, they're tracking the child. Yeah, okay. Does that mean I there's a that tracker, like they installed a tracker in him? I always... Yeah, I don't I, know. From the first episode, I thought he's got to have something in, in his body. Mm-hmm. And then that got reemphasized when they were moving him different places and people were following him, including, yeah. the, you know, the planet with right. the, the people or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the planet with the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you know, know what I'm talking one. about, though. Yeah. Like, uh, um, radio yeah, I mean, I, I would hope and, like, uh, again, I, I think they showed in the first three that it would... It's going to be serialized, but then they were like, we need to show that there's going to be standalone episodes or like sort of standalone episodes. So maybe right. hopefully, it, as far as what I like, hopefully it is serialized and just the strange, either it's an oversight or totally planned that it book bookends Rise of Skywalker. Like, is there something there, you know? Because, oh, so, so you think there may be a tie, a tie-in? I don't know. I mean, I it, We've been bouncing very, around that thought, so yeah. Yeah, it's very precarious timing, I feel like, to have it, you know, be the Wednesday and then the following Friday with sure, Rise of Skywalker sure. right in the middle. So, I mean, there right. might be a little nugget in there. I mean, it's cool. Again, maybe missed opportunity if they don't do that, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I hope it goes back to the storyline for the next two. And I'm sure the sentiment everywhere is I'm hoping that they're longer episodes. Because even yeah. these like even these forty three minute episodes are there's about five minutes of dead air. <laughs> do you ever do the? You ever this do the, was the longest episode though, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, and I still do the pause to see how much I have left, and then I'm like, oh mm. no, only like a couple of minutes, yeah. and I know that's going to be all credits, so I'm like, I'm yeah, at the exactly. end here. Yeah, I actually yeah. did the opposite. I paused in the in the thing, and I go. There's still 20 minutes yeah. left. I'm I paused too late. Excited. I paused way too late. Yeah. 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 Um, so, James, Deborah Chow coming yeah. back uh, for the next episode, her last thing before she directs Kenobi. Um, I know you kind of said it may have been more of a draw the straws on who got to direct what as opposed to actual. Well, this was Rick, and and I the theory came from that he had to. He <laughs> had to do the worst episode, the egg you know, the, episode. like egg yeah. hunt episode. The egg hunt, yeah. Um, and and so so he, I feel vindicated at least for for his contribution to come back and do at currently now my favorite episode in the show. Yep. Um, I'm like, boom! There, there's there's the Rick I know that could have yeah. done this. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. So, uh, any thoughts, James, on where you think we're headed here? I know you think they're going to round it out. You believe in Filoni and his uh his his uh season finale type of storytelling we have two to go what do you think yeah so i yeah i think uh well obviously we're gonna get moff gideon you know giancarlo esposito mm-hmm. that has to happen we we know he's in the show um and then i think what i what i'm leaning towards now is i think the next episode he will probably return to, to the planet and uh and that's where you're gonna see grief Karga and all the other bounty hunters we've seen that shot as well this is probably where you're also going to maybe have a run in again with Pershing and the, and the client. I hope so. Um, yeah. So we get that sort of explanation and then Moff Gideon shows up as well. Maybe he's been hired by the client to hunt, you know, maybe that's where that whole connection is. But I think that maybe uh, episode seven ends with the, the cliffhanger and episode eight is when we're going to get um, IG 11 and uh, Cara Dune mm-hmm. and show back up and, um, but that that a little bit of a bummer there. Cara Dune only for two episodes. She uh, max yeah. capacity right now would be three, as if she's in the next two. Right. But I just don't think so. I think she more likely will show up in just that last episode. Yeah, that's think- that's a good point. I thought she did a good job. Did you like uh, Gina Carano, Nick? Yeah, I had uh, some people that I talked to had mixed feelings, but I thought, and that was mostly on like a, not a character but a acting thing. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I thought she was fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's it's a little bit of a not on purpose, but I think we've all been misdirected as far as like the she's doing press tours. You would assume she would be right, in more than right. one, two, or three episodes. So right. uh, I mean, they all are. Like yeah, <laughs> we got uh, Nick Nolte two episodes. Yeah. Carl we Weathers, Giancarlo Esposito yeah. two episodes. We got um, yeah. the the client. What, what's his name? The actor? Warner Herzog. Warner yeah. Herzog. Yeah, yeah, two episodes. Yeah. It's like. Maybe three, maybe three yeah. on him technically. Yeah. I hope um, we see more of Werner Herzog though. They got a, he yeah. was so he's been so good in such a limited amount. Yeah. Like just uh, yeah. I, I, everything I want to just every time he's on screen, I want to hear him say whatever he has to say. <laughs> I, I want to hear. 
yeah. think he yeah. was good. Yes, Don't yes, yes. Agree? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, pretty much it. Do you guys have any last thoughts on uh, this episode or going forward uh, to close us out? Nick? Um, I think this is a, a sen- uh, humorous to me when I think in this episode, more so than any other episode, you could tell when the child is clearly like a stuffed animal. <laughs> like, and it really has a lot to do with them, like lifting up something that has no weight to it. They're yeah. just like, like, like they're lifting a pillow and it's like hard to act. And I'm like, it's inanimate and it looks like you're holding a stuffed animal. And to me, there's like humor to like, a low production value of that, you know, like I think right. it's like kind of like campy almost. Right. Um, Cause there is a part where he falls on the floor too. And that looks like they're also dropping a stuffed animal, <laughs> but then it, he rolls over into right. like a CGI. And I'm like, that, that's more what I'm used to. But like, he does just, just fall flat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. To he me, there's like a campy it. humor to it that like, there's no way Filoni or Favreau are sitting there in like the editing room being like, perfect. They have to be like laughing the chocolate yes, when yeah, they see that. Yeah. And I, <laughs> um, well, that's even, really it. <laughs> even Eastwood in like American Sniper, an Oscar nominated movie, yeah. had like a fake baby. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you're right. I, uh, yeah. that, that, I did, you know, I did kind of catch that when he fell and it was just like very like, like when my son drops like a, a toy, yeah. just bang. Just yeah. like that. No bounce, no roll, <laughs> no nothing. And you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's so funny. But I, even last episode when, uh, I don't know the character's name, but when Amy Sedaris picks her up and then when Bill Burr picks, her, picks the child up, it's like oh. very clearly like <laughs> two ounces worth of weight in that stuffed animal. And they're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. James, any uh, parting words for chapter six? No, no, other than um, just aspirations for the series, because I think that for me personally, you know, I've kind of been on the roller coaster a little bit, but I think we have kind of agreed that like, you know, the seven, eight and or I'm sorry, six, seven and eight would be like that final three or whatever. And this would being the first episode in that and I, me liking it as much as I can. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, next week is another 8.5. Then the next one's like a nine, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like I right. keep just going up right. from here. So. All right. Nice, man. All right. Last tweet uh, from us came from at Wiser underscore David. Uh, and he said, huge improvement over last week. I felt the dynamic of the ensemble was a refreshing change of pace. So he dug that as well. Uh, thank everyone to, who did submit their tweets and everything. And um, that's pretty much it. Takes us towards the end of the show. So, uh, Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, plug away. So you have gigs coming up. I'm sure uh, you can plug those and your websites and yep. uh, Batu crew. So just fire away, man. <laughs> well, we're, we're currently on tour and uh, we're about three quarters of the way through. So we're, we're heading up the California coast right now to the Northwest and then a little bit of uh, Midwest dates. Uh, we have a new record out called Interrobang. It's our eighth record. If you're into like punky slash medley hardcore type stuff with no screaming if that's not your thing <laughs> um, <laughs> check it out but but uh our Who fans seem to love it in a band yeah. really you know yeah, oh, jams. <laughs> um now do you um, have a, a main website thing, for the band? Uh, uh i don't even know what it is i would say go to our instagram that's probably oh, okay. yeah yeah it might be bayside bayside.com so just mm-hmm. Bayside twice, but uh, Instagram is just at Bayside. Um, Can I jump I in? I, yeah, guys, <laughs> go listen to this record. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I called Nick before, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm, you know, I might say something, but I have always been aware of the band Bayside. Never really listened because you were coming on the show. I was like, you know what? I feel. Let me, let me check it out. Let me give them a shot, and I. I'm seriously up to like 30 listens easily. <laughs> like I, it's just been on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. I can sing the chorus of every song. <laughs> I, I know like it, uh, just telling you, it's such a good record. Seriously. Go give this a, a, a listen. Thank please. You. I will. Thank you. It's yeah. uh, it's for sure something I'm proud of and, you know, being in a band and collaborating with all the other members all the time and stuff like that. 
sometimes some stuff you're not so into sometimes you're really into other things this one i'm, I'm for sure uh very proud of but uh you only get uh, a record like that when band members have been together you know for a while and, and they've been working together. yeah like, like the, yeah that's our it's our 19th year i mean this lineup's wow. tw- 12 years old and it's our yeah. eighth record so yeah um cool. but that that band wise you know, follow there. My personal Instagram is Nick Bayside. And then like you guys said earlier, uh, at Batu crew is, it's just fun. And like, it's not necessarily pictures of just like the millennium Falcon over and over. I really try to concentrate on people having fun in. Yeah. In it's fan- Galaxy's nice. Edge. Yeah. yeah. We've all seen the Falcon. We all know what it looks like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, right on, man. Thanks so much. Uh, James, cool. where can people find you, man? Uh, always on Instagram and Twitter at Meyer trunks. All right. And that's my son yelling in the background. He wants me to get out of here. <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. Uh, um, and I want to thank Star Wars Newsnet. Uh, and you can find us on the Resistance broadcast every Monday and Thursday. That's me and James and Lacey. Uh, you can find Lacey on Twitter at Lacey Gillard. I'm sure a lot of you know that already. Um, Got to thank our patrons because this video would not be happening. Mando Fan Show would not be happening without you. So uh, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, especially our generals, Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw. David Probus, John Reese, J.G. Carr, Seth Keim, Micah Harrison, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you so much. Next Wednesday, we'll be joined by John Roca from Collider Video. So we're very excited for have, uh, to have him join the crew and talk all about this Samurai show. Very excited to do that. <laughs> um, so thanks for watching, listening, being Mando Fandos with us here on the Mando Fan Show, and we will see you next time to talk about Chapter 7. So until then, we'll see you around, kids. Bye.